it speaks to like the fucking Mandela effect with this movie because for years I probably yes. you know, I thought that that's right. what happened Terrible. on the Ed Sullivan show, you know. Which oh. <laughs> Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef. <laughs> Five to one, baby. One in five. five. Uh-oh. All right, everybody. It's one fucking hour time. Uh, I am Evan Husney, joined, of course, uh, by my two guys here. To my left, we got Tom Fitzgerald. Tom, sup? Hi, hi, hi there. <laughs> welcome for this, and welcome back to uh, the guy yeah. on the right, man. Marcus, triumphant return from the land of where again? I went to Ireland and Portugal. Oh, nice. very nice. Nice. I don't think anybody's ever done that. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's yeah, odd. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Are you? It's two places I've never been, you know? So. Oh, there you go. That's down here. Uh, you're not half those? Portuguese, half Irish, are you? 23 and me no, says I'm Irish, but uh, no Portuguese no, uh, shows up. Yeah. Portuguese. <laughs> okay. All right, and, sick. Uh, how was it? Like on a star rating, would you would you out of ten? Out of ten stars, how would you trip? Oh, 10, 10 out of ten. You know, oh. it was a great trip. Yeah, great. yeah, blast. Great to get out of the country. You know, it's been a long time and Good timing. Uh, crammed about yeah. two thousand years of history into two weeks. You know, and yeah, I mean, anything big happened while I was gone. <laughs> yeah, were you thinking like, you know what? I I'm not going back. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> like what's waiting for? Really. Yeah. It was definitely like a hard like reading the news. Was like I just, you know, I think I only opened my phone up once. And I was like, oop, not going to do that again. You know, like, can I get weird on you for one second, guys? Sorry. Sure. Hey, this is life. This is hey. why everybody tunes in. Yep. It's us. In 2018, I was on tour and it was the day, follow me, that Ireland voted for abortion rights. And legalizing abortion. Wow. And everybody was partying in the streets and women were like drunk and yelling. And it was very beautiful and moving because she was like, you know what? When all of us wake up tomorrow, you guys, everything, you're here at such a wild time. You're going to wake up to a freer Ireland. And I was like, oh, it's beautiful. You know, it's crazy. So I was in Ireland that night. And then now we're here. And then Marcus goes to fucking Ireland. And it's all Marcus's fault. Yeah. (laughs) It all comes full circle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what my work said too. They blame me. Yeah. I I tried to do it real quick before I left. I thought no one would notice. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it. It's one of those things. So, uh, all right. All right. Good night, everybody. That was fun. All right. See you later. Uh, (laughs) later. Motherfucking God. (laughs) All right. Um, so I love uh, the fake out. We've done this twice. Uh, so, all right, uh, it's time for one fucking hour, everybody. Episode thirty-two. We're getting up there. We're getting up there. Uh, and this fucking hour, of course, we didn't. I I can't even believe that <laughs> we're going into this. Yes. I never thought I when can. we started this show, when we started this show, this would be a, a pick. But uh, maybe you guys did. This has been this has been shortlisted. I thought for a while. <laughs> yeah. Okay. As like a as like a goof. Okay. You know, yeah, I think we've been shortlisting. Evan's been kicking it down the road. So that day has arrived. We got to do it. Who else is going to do it? Okay. You know? All right. So Marcus comes back from Ireland and we're doing it. Here we go. One fucking Thank hour you. on Oliver Stone's The Doors. <laughs> okay. The Doors. Everybody in. 
<laughs> the doors. All right, so um, all right, guys. Clock. Let's do the clock. Uh, clock starting now. All right, and a uh, little little background on this movie. Not much needs to be said, uh, but um, the doors is Oliver Stone's. 1991 biopic chronicling the rise of the highly influential 60s rock group of the same name and the infamous antics of lead singer Jim Morrison, zealously played by Val Kilmer. Uh, Cheap wigs, inauthentic and pretentious to the point of self-parody. This attempt at capturing the hedonistic spirit of the late 60s by way of the early 90s would set the framework approach for studio-produced, cringeworthy rock music biopics for decades to come. Yeah, that, that we're actually wrestling with right now. <laughs> I know. Like, there's a sh- new shit one out right now. Like, you know. <laughs> Pistols? It's, so, it's, it's, it's huge. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, and also Elvis, and then, of course, it started off with Bohemian Rhapsody, kind of. The Elton John one looks fucking grim. I didn't, I didn't even look at that. You know, so it's actually very, very in vogue right now, you know? Is, this kind of is. epic scale biopic. The directors of, are always like, how how wrong do you want me to get this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, I know. Exactly. Can we just do like 20% accurate? Like, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's, it's like a it, food. It's like a, yeah, like a nutritional thing, you know, like... <laughs> Like a hot dog. <laughs> right. We can't have 60s hair, right? I mean, everyone's on yeah. board with that, right? No, because everybody's <laughs> shooting for like four weeks and they got to just throw in a wig and they're doing something else <laughs> yeah. after this week. It's all about the wigs, we'll you guys. It. It's all about no, the I was wigs. Gonna, I was, yeah, we're definitely going to get I'm a little jelly that your synopsis had bad wigs because that's. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. I know. I had a whole 15 minutes. Right minutes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know. It's a little anyway, teaser. Steer the ship. This is a this is a this is a teaser for what's what's to come. But I, I first wanted to start just, you know, clean slate here, just for all the listeners, viewers, on just what our relationship is to this band before we get into this movie. Right, the band. Full um, disclosure. Full disclosure where we stand on the doors as a band. So Marcus, you're you're uh the uh returning Irishman here. Tell us uh what's what's your relationship to the doors like? <laughs> Oh well, you see, there, laddie. Uh, I was thinking of uh, Scorsese's uh, Six Hour. Okay, so I think that uh, the you know I'm a bad one to start with because my impression of the Doors is like inextricably linked to this movie. It's it's like so unfair. It's kind right. of like what the whole problem with the movie is right. is that it it kind of it ruined the Doors for like a whole generation of people, and and yeah. I am one of those people. So. Like I was like, I was, you know, just coming online when this movie came out and, you know, my fr- my young friends had the soundtrack and stuff and we saw the movie and it was just, you know, even back then you knew that the movie was a problem and I hated Jim Morrison and I did it. It took me decades, well, not decades, it took me years to realize that he wasn't just like some buffoon, like he actually had some impact on music. Like I didn't you know, realize that, you know, at that time, I didn't realize it wouldn't be a suicide without the Doors. It wouldn't be an Iggy Pop, you know, without the Doors, the Stooges. Sure. You know that it all yeah. kind of comes back to him, and you know that L.A. was a cool scene. All that stuff it was just kind of wiped off. I didn't want to yeah. hear anything about the Doors. You know, like I just like shut up about the Doors because, and especially him being a poet and all this stuff. And it was just the way it's portrayed. In the movie just really a huge fucking turnoff, and it was a really big movie in '91. But look, but those, let's like those like banners of those banners are everywhere. Oh, sorry, but talking about the band. So the band, yes, I like them now, obviously, but it just this movie really 
really soiled them for like you know at least ten years, maybe more. Gotcha. You know, I mean, amen. It wasn't until like I hearing them on um, Pebbles. There's like a they have a there's a door early door song when they were the called like, the, the Chandel- Yeah, the Chandeliers, right? And I think that's what they were called back then or something. And go, they had a different band name or whatever. Go insane, I think. But um, anyway, that's when I started to kind of appreciate like. Oh, there's another story to the doors that I didn't realize, you know. Okay, Tom, you're up next. Well, I I, uh, I did dodge a bullet in that being younger. Um, I did get into classic rock briefly when I was like, I don't know, 13 or something. The Doors was one of them. Not my favorite, you know, like it was more Led Zeppelin than The Who, but I liked The Doors. But to the then I saw the movie, cringe, but it didn't like, I, I, I had a better context, you know, but really actually weirdly in the past 15 years, and maybe since I've lived here in Los Angeles, actually, mm. I've come to love them. I've had like um, Doors weeks here, you know, like where I listen to nothing but the Doors and it fits like wow. a glove when you're in LA, you know, and I go mm. up to where uh, Love Street is, <laughs> you know, and I, and I get a, uh, a Mexican Coke at the, uh, the uh, Laurel Canyon <clears throat> country store. So it's, I think it's partly because I'm here in LA and I love them. And um, I excuse everything. I excuse cringy Jim stuff because he's just Jim. And he, and he did not choose how he was going to be portrayed mm. in this film. And um, I also excuse like post set first two album cringe music moves, some cringe, you know, mm-hmm. because here's the bottom line. Here's the mm-hmm. secret. The first two albums are all their material before they were famous and before the hype and before it got to his head and the dumb legend. They were just, they were nobody. And then this compression and they made all these great songs. That's album one and two, especially Strange Days. And if you don't like The Doors, check out the song Strange Days. Shit's dope. It's yeah. very cool. Yeah. It's very hardcore, intense drug music yeah. with like, like good music, melodies and stuff like that. The end can be, if you're in the right mood, really cool. And the last thing yeah, I'll say is... Oh yeah. yeah. The last thing I'll say about the, about the end is that they did this beautiful thing in in pop culture, where millions of fourteen year old girls were getting hypnotized by a song like the end. Yeah, that's you know, cool. Because they came in, yeah, because they came yeah. in with like light my fire, and they're just like lighting a candle. Like not, they're not even on acid necessarily or anything. They're just like right. right. So it's that's very hot. long too, right? Isn't it like I mean, it's a long, long song, right? Like, yeah, nine it's like but it's but like I mean, what like, I'm saying is time, though yeah. it was very it, it it was really one of those gateways to hardcore transcendent strangeo rock and roll and general weirdness and that's cool yeah because they were a bubblegum band that got into hardcore weird right and uh, I'll just always love that objectively but I also love their music yeah black uh, black bubblegum yeah they uh, the um uh, our our guest for next week's episode, which we'll talk about obviously when when this episode's over, uh, put Robbie it, Krieger. Right? Yeah, <laughs> he Frank put Whaley. no no Ray Manzarek, of course. Oh no, he's passed on. But the um the uh he actually put it really great in talking about the Doors as the Archie, but singing about death and incest, which uh, or sorry, yeah, uh, you know, like, 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 yeah, like the Archies, yeah. So edible edible stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, hold on, my turn. Um, is uh, <laughs> um, my personal connection very very similar in that you know I went through a major uh, classic rock phase around thirteen as well, uh, uh-huh, but this funny. is this, but but this is in the late nineties and um, and and for me my first time ever 
getting stoned and drunk actually was the first night which is great Ooh. and 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 it was listening to the doors uh Ooh, which album? and, or just and a it bunch was of shit? well i'll tell you in a sec it was it was soundtrack to the film <laughs> oh dude no <laughs> probably no it was it probably Hopefully. actually it probably was yeah uh it was seventh grade and i was in the basement of this guy's house his name was curtis and he was like the middle Perfect. school stoner you know red curly hair and he wore like the green military fatigue like you know army surplus look oh yeah you know he was that and i just remember his basement was filled with mosquitoes to the point of like a like <laughs> like an, like an alarming amount and we're just getting eaten alive i'm stoned for oh the first God. time i'm drunk indoor for the first mosquito time. indoor indoor nobody mosquito here gets out alive that's yeah. a cool look yeah and just Free like hip. totally crazed uh, first time, I, first time I ever heard uh, War Pigs was that night, and then, oh, and then the Doors came on, and it was Peace Frog, and um, yes. and um, um, not to touch the Earth, which was playing. Great song, pretty fucking badass, actually. Yep. And both of those, both of those songs blew my mind, and um, it was it was it was formative experience for me because I was like, holy shit, what is this world? You know, and that's what really got me sure. into the Doors. And so it was. It, it was. It, it was a big deal. Later that night, we broke into the neighbor's garage and stole Mike's hard lemonade. But that's another story. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I gotta say, Peace Frog did jump through to me. I was also a classic rock kid, and Peace Frog always did stand out. One last thing about that soundtrack. Sorry, that record played. That was all. All my friends had, and I remember being like, I don't like the Doors. But they have that one song called Heroin, and I, that's a really good song. Yeah. Because I oh. thought, because they had two Velvet yeah. Underground songs in the soundtrack, and I was like, right. now nah, well, that song is cool. But, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're going to get in. We're going to get into the, the Andy Warhol's factory visit. Okay, but let's that's talk a, about the movie. Chestnut. So let's here, set up here the we movie. Go. Unfortunately, we have to talk about the movie. Yeah, we're here. I know, exactly. <laughs> here we are talking about the movie. But, Tom, you saw this yeah. movie when it came out. Is that right? Yeah. So uh, it's just a total coincidence, but. The week it came out, I moved. Uh, I had moved to California, to San Francisco specifically, and we're and me and my dumb friends were staying at this weird place that was a block from the beach, like Stinson Beach or whatever it is. And so it was all just incredibly new to me. It was like I was coming from New York, and it was mm-hmm. just like sea air, like outside of our window and stuff. And then right up the street was this big old beautiful movie theater. I think it's where Star Wars premiered. Whatever that theater is on Geary, oh. Oh, Marcus um- might know. You know that theater. Not so, yes. No, 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 it's no, no. San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, anyway, it was on yeah. Geary. <laughs> we know we're uh, taping, right? Yeah. I, no, no, so, I can't so, remember. Okay. I can't remember. Uh, it doesn't matter. Whatever. I think it's the. It, actually, I know it is. It's where Star Wars premiered. Yeah. Anyway, so you know, I like the doors fine, and so uh, we went, and actually, it was my friend and her and his mother, <laughs> who was a boomer. You know, and she was like, you know, I lost my mind, uh, you know, Jimmy and Janice and Jim. And so, but she was cool. She's a good person. But like she went and that was an interesting perspective. So anyway, of course we see it. And it, it just come out like that two days ago. And we go right to the beach and there's moonlight. See where I'm going with this? Like we're walking in the beach, talking about the doors, the film, beautiful moonlit uh, surf, sand. It was just a perfect way to see the film. And I remember just like, God, I wish it was a better movie because this is a beautiful moment. Like, I wish it was this great film, but it's like this deeply flawed targasm of a film. (laughs) (laughs) We used to say that, uh, you know, Uh, friends. That was our catchphrase. Apologies to anyone who uh, who can't have an orgasm. So the thing is, that was my premiere, and then I got hooked on it, 
because I just went, this is a camp classic and I've watched it well, countless times. I watch it, it many times a year. Yeah, I love no, it. Uh, 100%. One thing that sucks. hit me, it does. And one thing that hit me uh, <laughs> watching this uh, back, because again, uh, I had seen it probably again in around the time I got into the doors, as I was mentioning in the late nineties, middle school, I'd seen the movie, got, got sort of into it, probably liked it, didn't know any, any better, you know, really at the time. Sure. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I mean. But, but then I probably, I haven't really watched it since that time period. So it's been a long time since I've seen it. And one That's thing funny. that really struck me, we were watching it the other night, um, is that this movie, if it yes. were an, if it were an intentional comedy, okay, like walk hard, <laughs> Or like a funny or die sketch, you know? Like yeah. it'd be brilliant yeah, yeah. because it it's yeah. it's it has all the it tropes. Is hard, it is, yeah. it is. It has all the tropes, you know, of 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 these flawed biopics, you know. And one of those characteristics, obviously, guys, here's your here's your door I'm opening for wigs, but there's there's wigs, but also the idea of um which all rock biopics suffer from is the idea of story consolidation when you have to oh, like yeah take like seven different things that happen in the band, cram it all sure. into one scene. And then it's just the most like inauthentic, like laughable, n- nonsensical scene that would never like, take place. Like, like in one backstage scene, they discuss heroin, break, possibly breaking up, selling their song for a TV commercial, yeah. uh, his new girlfriend, you know, whatever. <laughs> just, and on, just that's every scene. Or just like, hey, we're writing. We just wrote Light My Fire mm-hmm. in five minutes. And, uh, you know, and on and on. But yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's, I think part of it actually is sort of a tribute to the time in, in that um, so much happens so quickly, honestly, I think, in those, in those days. Like, it, 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 you know, things were paced pretty wildly. I mean, you know, uh, the 60s, the late 60s, it was like in three months, if you look up the Rolling Stones, it's like, well, they almost went to jail. They went to Morocco. They recorded Satanic Majesty's Request. And then two months later, you know, I'm reading a Stones biography. So it does feel more, and there's an inclination to do that or, or justification to do that. Well, you have to, yeah, probably, I guess. Yeah, I, but also I do think it's a little closer, uh, the, the compression of time, you know. Like the Beatles did everything in um, five years. Right, yeah. It's insane. They went from, you know, about five years. So, yeah, but still he's handling it poorly because yeah. it's crude and it's um, – there's no subtle. It's a terrible script. It's right. just it's 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 like a you know like tenth grader uh, writing assignment writing. It's unbelievable. Let's plan a murder or start a religion. Yeah, yeah. And so I was I was really curious watching it. Like I was mentioning it, like the walk hard quality of this. I was really wondering because I mean obviously like you were saying, Marcus, at the top of the show, it makes Jim Morrison look like a freaking cringy, pretentious, drunk dipshit throughout the entire buffoon. film buffoon. And 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 it's really weird because I was like, is that the intention? Does he know he's portraying him this way? Yeah. Or so what's weird. the deal? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we're afraid of portray him as a real. This doesn't portray him as a real person at all. Like well, I'll he's just walking say around like he's some kind of shaman, you know, like really leaning into that he that he's like got some like spirits inside of him and so like he's jesus and like can you imagine hanging out with somebody like that it's just like every time they open their mouth it's supposed to be some sort of like you know pithy like uh, poetic yeah it's <laughs> yeah. like the first hipster in this movie like inspiration well, yeah. i know it's he's he's insufferable and i think the only thing you need to know because people try to drill down sometimes and get beyond the myth like who is this person really and it's tough there's no like footage of him 
you know, uh, really like, like, you know, like eating a ham sandwich, you know, <laughs> watching the game. Like he is kind of, um, he is a little mannered overall, but you know, this was post fame. But anyway, think about this. Um, everybody, but John Dens- Densmore was like, I don't want anything to do with this film. It's stupid. And it's an insult to us and Jim. Like, like they, they wouldn't even watch it. Raymond's Eric was, was livid. Only, only Densmore, went, he's in the film in a cameo. Stupid. I have but a like, clip. Um, I have a clip actually. Uh, okay. We ha- we haven't done clips in a while, but I have a Ray Manzarek clip I'd like to play you guys about his thoughts on. Um, well, now sounds perfect, right? Yeah, I I just I figured that this this might be the right time to do it. So here is uh, Ray Manzarek on Oliver Stone and and, and the Doors. Well, that Oliver Stone, I'd like to deck that guy, man. What a ridiculous movie! Why did he do it? I can't figure it out. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Um, yeah. But you know, Ray Manzarek's probably. Keyboardist oh, Ray yeah, Manzarek. Keyboard. Yeah. Um, well, he was a piece of work. I went to a signing. Uh, sorry, digression. I went to a signing at like uh, Virgin Records or whatever, like twelve years ago, when he was still alive, obviously. And um, I don't know what he was doing signing some another biography or something. But I brought other voices, which was the first album of the two <laughs> after Jim's death. And I was joking to myself. I was with my girlfriend, and I was like, "You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna walk up to him with this album for him to sign." He go, "You know what? This is when you guys got really interesting. I mean, like Jim. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't bother. It was going too fast. But I will say this: he was very cantankerous, and he kind of like he, seems he got like a it. little. Uh, he got snippy with my uh, girlfriend's answer or question, and I was like, "This guy's kind of a doucher, you know." And I wasn't when surprised, I- and it kind of fit. So when I used to work at Amoeba Music, like way back in the day, we used to have a, a quotes from Raymond Zarek's biography mounted on the wall, <laughs> taped on the wall, probably 20 of them that were all these hilarious, just these hilarious, cringy quotes of him, like <laughs> describing he'd always call him James Morrison in the book. And it was always like, you know, James I, I, Morrison was a shaman. He was shamanistic and just all this really flowery cringy yeah. sort of stuff it was so far which so i can remember the move the best ever but that's incredible yeah. i love um, that he's got but, his own issues you know with the legend of the band in general so i agree with you yeah but here's the background for the but, movie so to get back to the movie so it took many years to get off the ground the doors uh, lots of scripts were floating around because this was hot off the heels of a book called no one gets out here uh, no one gets out of here alive which was a, a biography of jim morrison and the doors but uh, it's kind of infamous because it was known to have taken a lot of dramatic liberties with the stories uh, uh, of the doors. It's a fun read. It's hard. Like dialogue sequences, you know, and things like that. And uh, many uh, friends of James Morrison felt that the book uh, was actually, like, I I won't, (laughs) was actually actually profiling somebody completely different and not Jim Morrison at all. Um, Well, that sounds like the beginning of the problem. Exactly. That then leads you to a film like that. That sucks. Of course. Yeah. And so then um, what happened was Oliver Stone was the one who actually got the movie made uh, based on the script, based pretty much on this novel that, or not novel, but this biography that was not really quite accurate. And then, yeah, Manzarek was the most vocal saying he wanted nothing to do with it because, and that was after he read Oliver Stone's script. And that was mm. basically, so that, that was the beginning of the end in terms of it being like, you know, having sort of an, uh, uh, um, any sort of like official sign off. You know, from yeah, something uh, sort of, of authorized. I mean, the film yeah. is called. It's not called Jim. It's called The Doors. Right. And 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 it's, it is telling that you know, like a couple of guys in the band, half the band, right? Like no, no, you know. Um, and there right. was some casting. There, there's some real doozies as far as through the '80s perspective casting for Jim Morrison. Yeah, I can't remember any of them. I can't hear. 
Richard Gere. Yeah, Richard I've heard that. Gere, Johnny Depp. Um, Amazing. Might have been good. Well, this is actually a good time to bring it up, Marcus, unless you were going to go in a different direction. But um, Val Kilmer, like thoughts on Val Kilmer's performance as uh, Jim Morrison, Marcus? He, he looks like him. And, <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's just why it's kind of, it's messed up in my brain because I saw it too young. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, just the whole, it's, it's really hard to get away from the, the whole portrayal of him. I think we've really already kind of touched on it's uh, I can't get away from that. I mean, I, I, yeah. I guess it's nice that he tried to sing, you know, the songs himself. Like, yeah. you know, I guess that's sort of the uh, coal miner's daughter move or something, you know, where you right. have the, the actor actually do the soundtrack. Sure. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's just, I, I don't know. It's, it seems like it's all Oliver's direction. I don't know if it's Val. Really, I know. I agree. Know. He feels like a puppet, and this whole mess is the vision of uh, one man, and uh, having huge problems, uh, you know, with the arts, which is oh. Oliver Stone. I because I don't really have an opinion either on um, on Kilmer, like because I just feel like this is a, a you know straight up and down Oliver Stone's vision, and I think that the uh, the actor probably just deferred, you know, and did what he could to maybe kind of depart somewhat. But this is such a closed, tight universe. Oliver's moronic vision. To me, to me, it has a lot of cringe to it in, in terms of watching it. You know, uh, for the first time in a while, like I was saying, very try-hard performance. He's constantly doing the like shifty, wobbly like stance. You know, <laughs> kind of sliding through the universe, man. Sliding think- and speaking in monologue, and it's just like this princey, prancy kind theater of kid mumble thing. whisper. Kind of Heath Leather, like like Heath Ledger, Joker, kind of like you know level cringe for me at least. I don't know if you guys Back feel that snake. way. Uh, yeah, also <laughs> on acid, staring kind of like this all the time. It reminds me of the lead singer of the Cult, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, it's more that know, than Jim Morrison. Yeah. yeah, YouTube that. Well, that's the thing. It's this refried beans of like the legend. You know, it's it's like there's layers now. Uh, and, and I think that you, by 1990, you have to pass through the, the cult layer, the band, the cult, Google them if yeah. you don't know them. They're really oh, yeah. cringy. Oh, yeah. You know? um, and like even uh, with the NXS singer, you know, like there's this <laughs> other layer of like, I'm a swagger and kind of stoned out singer. Right. Because Jim's kind of the you know, archetype, archetype for right. that. And then it's exactly. like there's so many you know Wanna versions be, of that to come on yeah. Yeah. danzig uh you know like oh, he's the best yeah and they all <laughs> stink you know so that's the well. thing so you've got to go through that <laughs> i don't um, know about that <laughs> what you like the cult oh my no, god no i no i like, like i like danzig i like i, like I knew you were gonna say that I mean, Same come on, Marcus, you. back back me up. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a yeah, no, of course, I love Danzig. Actually, I like the cult electric. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> like you've got a winner, ladies and gentlemen. Not the Doors, <laughs> right? Exactly. Anyway, well, so, I don't think Val's um, like the worst cast person. Like, yeah, Val's there's like people the that stick out to me way worse. Like, like Meg, Meg Ryan. Like, what the fuck Dude, is she doing? No, in this I know. Movie? How about the? No, 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 no. Like, amen. Well, there's two things. She followed up an enormous film with an enormous star-making performance uh, when Harry Met Sally, and then she follows it up. And everything I've heard is that she'd never heard The Doors until like after <laughs> she got the part. Yeah, really. And then like it's actually because I like Meg Ryan; she was real fun and cute in 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 Harry Met Sally. And like she's like uh, misused because the thing is she, she's doing Pamela Curson, 
And that person is um, not, nobody knows, she's a total mystery about how to act like her. You know what I mean? And she's not a big personality. So all, she had nothing to work with. She's just like, I guess I'll stand here and like, she's kind of being my boyfriend. Right. She's kinda yeah. And then she just kind of defaults at Megishness. Yeah, exactly. So I think it was a challenge uh, because uh, it, there's, there's nothing to really chip away at. But let's yeah. talk about the band. I mean, I mean well, 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 she's oh. got some really uh, like her wardrobe design too. I think is among the worst in the movie, Ooh. so it really stands out too. Like, good call. It helps her look more out of place. You know what I mean? Are you she's sure like, she's got the worst outfits? No, I'm not sure. But there's a moment where she's wearing like a, a like a blazer with shoulder pads, and she's, she's got, got some, some like Spencer gifts, like a '90s <laughs> John Lennon Franny, sunglasses. Franny glasses, on. I know. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. So let's let's actually do this. Sounds like we're on a roll here of let's get into the cast because the cast is fun in sure. a very wrong way. So there's the band. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, mm-hmm. one thing that I that perked me up when I saw it was nothing was hotter than um, this was between the first uh, season one and two of Twin Peaks. And I was really perked up mm. when it was Kyle MacLachlan. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fun, man. That's some dope shit. Man. That's some 1990s shit, dude. Nice one. <laughs> and he is fun, but he's campy, too. Yes. He's like. Like when he sings the the, the Dylan, like you know, you know the medicine yeah, at the beach, you know, cringe. That's the note that I have too. It's like I think he's pretty good, except for that Dylan moment. It's kind of unforgivable. <laughs> well, the whole scene he's just like, let's start a band and become millionaires. No, but yeah. then, but, but that's not even. <laughs> we're not even really. So he's that's okay. The line, yeah, he literally right. says that. I know. Well, it's on the nose, cringe time. Yeah, going down the line. We've got, uh, yeah, oh, we boy. couldn't get um, we couldn't get Matt Dillon, but we got his uh, brother, last scene in the Blob reboot. And they're like, uh, the guy with the nose, it's like. Yeah, that it's casting. Done. That casting is insane. So, dude, so hold on. So, because I know every episode we try to talk about Entourage. I'm kidding. But like, um, <laughs> is the only thing, like, this is his idea of John's Densmore. It's like, I'm trying to keep the beat, but he's always off. <laughs> like, he's got this, like, <laughs> New York like, accent. Yeah, like yeah. kind of, but just like general dumbass, like Philly cheesecake. Hey, hey, Jim, come on, man, pick up the pace. Let's go. You know, it's just I missed you totally, more than you know, asshole. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, oh. exactly. Totally awful. And then Mark is his favorite. Welcome back to one fucking hour. We've got drum roll, please, as Robbie Krieger, Mister Frank, Frank Whaley, Whaley, Whaley. Years before. Anybody pulp. gave a shit about him, and they only gave a shit about him because he's in the huge Pulp Fiction scene, and he's fucking Frank fucking Whaley, and he doesn't have the big brain Robbie on Krieger Brad. whatsoever. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> check out the big brain on Robbie Krieger, you know. And he's just like, Man. hey, I, hey, hey. So I wrote a song, and like, I don't know, it's about fire and like snakes, because like you always sing about. So I was like, what the hell? It goes G A B. It's just wait, guys. I'm gonna go work on this. You, wigs, you uh, and just go out to the beach. All you know, bad wigs around. <laughs> Big round yeah. of bad wigs from all those guys. Yeah. Yeah, and Frank totally. Whaley, man. Damn, I mean, yeah, he really is. Good call on the Broderick thing. Because he is. He's just poor man's Matthew Broderick. Like, uh, and Yeah, no, and Kevin Dillon's poor Matt Dillon. You know, it's uh, it's brutal. Weird casting. Brutal, it's the, it's yeah. the runt of the litter, you know. <laughs> it's Well, you know what it is? It's, it's who they could get, you know. Yeah. It feels like. Uh, There's like way too much feels Michael a little Madsen. Rushed. Like why am I, Mike, there's way too oh, much I'm Michael Madsen in this wait. movie. Oh my God, you're reminding me. I'm not done. Yes, actually, Michael Madsen is playing this very weird, interesting person called Tom Baker. Yeah. Who's real. And Tom the Baker, is, 
Yeah, but he's very obscure. Google him. He's quite odd. Maybe his most famous thing is in, is in that film, Loose Shoes, that's all fake movie trailers from 1978. Whoa, and he's uh, Billy Jerk. He plays Billy Jerk Goes to Oz. He does a parody of Billy Jack. Anyway, no, but no, no, no. But, but the wow. crown prince. Yes, Michael Madsen, really cringe But it's got to be, hey, let's stop drinking and have a ride on this fucking airplane. All right. Because it's Billy Idol. And that, <sighs> I, I, I got a twinge to walk out when that, when that dropped. So bad. Well, right? It, it, Wait, hold on. Billy Idol. No, is I know. His generic friend, like it's during, the, during the more snow till. Weird casting. W- w- weird casting, but. They want to catch Dozer from Mask. <laughs> Dozer. Dozer from Mask. Oh, yeah. Dozer. Hey. Oh. Oh, we're not mask. done. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. More. So this is a fun Jim's episode. Friend, we're, just gonna, yeah. we're just riffing. In a long list of, drumroll please, shitty Andy Warhols, including including the very confusing oh, yeah. David Bowie as Andy Warhol, or was it Andy Warhol playing David Bowie? No, it was very 1990 choice. Crispin, Crispin Glover. Glover. Crispin Hellion Glover. Warhol. Crispin Hellion Glover. And that's great. I, like, I don't know what to ask God a question. You know, on the, I'm totally the biased. On, I'm totally biased on this, but I got to say, out of all the shitty Andy Warhols, he's my favorite. I think he did the best yeah. shitty no, Andy he's, Warhol. He's all right. And he's totally. perfect. He's, he's a real actor. Crispin Hellion Glover. Like, I, I love his Andy Warhol in this. Know. You know, but it is Which like does. a lot of, he's got all the lick. All the, uh, all the lip licking, that's the some of the gesture. <laughs> the, the, no, and well, let's actually just you know since we're just barreling through this. Hold on, I want to talk. I want to comment on a few of these if I can. Okay, um, yeah. yeah, the oh, so the, well, no, what, what I was going to suggest though is full stop on visiting Andy Warhol's factory because there's a lot of brutal oh, yeah. stupidity there. Well, okay, so well, well, starting, Evan's got something to say know, here. What do you got? Yeah, say? yeah, I've been well, trying yeah, to get. You want to change gears? No, I want to comment on some of the people you've been mentioning. I haven't had an opportunity to do so. Um, the, um, the, the Tom Baker character is well, the first one I want to talk about, which is really interesting because that character uh, that Michael Madsen plays, apparently in the real story of The Doors, he's one of the guys that everyone thought was like a really bad influence on Jim Morrison that would kind of get him into a lot of trouble. So just to he say... Bad vibes. Yeah, bad vibes. Just to sort of echo on what you were saying as like he's a very interesting character in this and how he found his way into this movie as this obscure actor that Michael Madsen is playing it is kind of a weird detail, you know, sort of, you know, uh, just into the movie. Before we get to Andy Warhol, I just want to cut out, uh, call out one other uh, awesome... This is probably my favorite performance of the weird casting in this movie is Michael Wincott, who plays their manager. Uh, he's the yeah, guy... Yeah. Yeah, right. I just want to give a little producer, shout out to him right? yeah. or the producer. I think he's the, yeah, he's Paul Rothschild, the producer. Yeah, yeah. the producer. That's yeah. right. Yeah, he's the producer, and um, and 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 Michael Wincott's a great actor, very underrated. What a and he's voice! Great seen voice. In, seen talk in radio. talk radio. He kills great it. Sequence in kills it in talk radio. If we ever did one fucking hour on talk radio, we would we would go all out on that scene. But yeah, just shout out to Michael Wincott. But yeah, we can talk now about Andy Warhol. Who the, well, who plays Truman Capote? I was like, is that Linda Hunt? I couldn't no, figure no, out who no, that no, was. No. It's not Truman. It's with Paul Williams, oh, right? The okay. singer songwriter, yeah. right? But right. I don't. So, I don't. I let me just put it this way. I hope 
they're not saying that that's Truman Capote. Oh, I they are. Definitely. Are they? they? Are? Yeah. Wow, that stinks. No, wow, that sucks. Not. I wasn't. I wasn't ever sure of that. But 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 no, um, he, he's playing a he's playing a Warhol PR person is what. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't. Think, I don't even know if really Truman made that scene exactly. But right. Okay. So the, so the Warhol scene was another cheap thrill when I first saw the film. Like you said, there's the Velvet Underground suddenly and the song Heroin, and it's like you know it, I got to say in 1990, you know you're at the movies and you're not expecting to see this multi-million dollar depiction of Andy Warhol's factory. You know what I mean? It's very, you know, it's a square, weird Arsenio dog pound time kind of. Thing. So that was <laughs> it was a cheap thrill to that, and and they're and they're doing this like 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 Dutch tilt waving yes. is kind yep, of fun. Drunken camera, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then there's but guess what? Rearing its ugly head are on the nose, horrible contrived lines like, "Jim, let's leave this party." Jim, they're vampires, yeah. you know, because they're like the bad people. That'll turn, you know, turn Jim to hell, straight to hell. And like, we're the right. good California, like macrobiotic by the beach people. And they, there's a point to that, but just it's a super on the nose scene. But maybe the greatest moment <laughs> in the film and the one where I really, I think I verbally said something, so did my friend in the theater, was, hey, the elevator opens after the Warhol party and there's a bunch of decadent people. And who's that? Who's this woman? with huge fake breasts squished together and silicone, what is that? Lips, fake lips, duck lips. And she's wearing way too much makeup and she looks like a penthouse. Leather pet. dress. Yeah, yeah, leather, leather dress. 90s like. So, so, yeah, and me and my friend were dumbfounded and he goes like, penthouse pet, and we go, oh, that's fucking Nico. Yeah. <laughs> Nico uh, and the Velvet Underground. And it was so insulting yes. to humanity, to Nico, to us, to life, to the universe it was it's so unforgivable yeah, yeah it's it's horrible i've insulting too yeah it's just like a totally like an attempt a smear like careless they couldn't even get like a, a star no, i couldn't no. even get like a star to play or anything no, or someone someone no. good you know i mean no, no, I think i'm not saying they did it on purpose that. i'm saying that like it's an accidental no, like okay wait i don't know what what am i saying no 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 <laughs> i mean I, I unfortunately i'm 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 I am disagreeing with you in the sense that I think it's incredibly okay. intentional. And I think that it, it's exhibit A of why Oliver Stone is a moron, mm. you know, because he goes, hey, oh, yeah, the chicken of the underground. She's very beautiful. And what's beautiful? Big, dumb lips and big fake breasts like in Penthouse. So that's beautiful. That's his idea of beautiful, which is crude and infantile. Very it's like time. I think I think I think there was great intention. I think he's like, give us a really beautiful woman, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's all kinds of beauty, and she has this cold, weird, icy beauty. She's yeah. a villain. Very subtle. You know. villain? She's like a villain. Oh, in the film, well, yeah, no, but I'm just talking about her look, you know. So anyway, whatever. I think it's with great intention, and that's the that's really damning. That's all I'm saying. Her yeah. and Jim had a relationship, like, right? Her and Jim were together, right? For a, a period bit. of time. And then, a and then her and Iggy. But anyway, right. I just wanted to say, Sorry, Marcus. I wouldn't mind spending a minute on that, that like, you know, everything's about choices and directing films are about choices. And I think that's such a clear example that this guy isn't in over his head or whatever. He's making incredibly bad choices based on a really bad taste and yeah. a lower, like a low IQ. Yeah. yeah. Really? Marcus, what were you going to say? Uh, I, I don't even know, but I'm just like, I think like uh, I was 
surprised that the actor is really bad who plays Nico, and it's yeah. insulting. Sure. And yeah. I'm I'm dumbfounded by why they didn't get someone notable to play the character because it's a featured character, you know, and everybody else that's at that level is like, you know, kind of this, she just, I don't True. know, she's really wrong for it. And there's nobody, it's the wrongest moment of the whole film. And it's, it really just, it makes it like, it does drive it into the like, just unforgivable category. Yeah. Great. You know, it's, um, it's maddening. Great. It's Michael Madsening. Um, great uh, segue <laughs> here uh, because I'd love to spend a little time on, if you guys will allow, uh, on just the things that they got wrong or the things that they changed Perfect or the, things, the things that they absolutely took major creative license with. Because I did my research. Wow. I did my homework, guys. Um, I've got one. I, okay, cool. If I can, just to preempt it uh, with a little personal anecdote and I'll shut up is uh, this is a very Beavis and Butthead moment for me. So to go back to seventh grade, as I'm getting into the doors, I'm watching the movie, I had to do an essay on a famous person. <clears throat> and who did I pick? Jim Morrison. So I did my essay on Jim Morrison, but of course, like a total Beavis, like a total Beavis, I'm writing the yeah. essay just of what's in the movie, The Doors, that we're talking oh, about tonight. <laughs> okay. Do you still have it? No, I wish I fucking did. Oh, but anyway, dude. so I had so, so so my teacher at the time. I can't really ex- describe her other than Thora Birch in, in in Ghost World. She's kind of that kind of aesthetic, you know, Gen X kind of, you know. And 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 she 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 was a huge Doors fan. And I remember she pulled me aside after class and she says, "You just watched the movie and uh, wrote this, and uh, that movie is has nothing." to do with the real story of Jim Morrison because wow. she was like a diehard. So it was amazing. Anyway, so... Um, That's really you're cool. not a Doors fan. Yeah, you're Is it on your fan. hard drive or something? Is it on an old uh, hard drive? I got it. It's probably at my mom's storage Dig somewhere. that shit up because... I will, I will, yeah. I will. We'll do one fucking hour on that. Uh, but anyway, so Please. I... <clears throat> Found this. I want to shout it out real quick. There's an unauthorized uh, documentary out there on YouTube. I can't quite recommend it, but I'll put a link to it in the description. It's called The Unauthorized Truth About Oliver Stone's The Doors. It's 55 minutes long, narrated by a Doors super fan, okay, who's very uh, pernickety about a lot of scenes. About a lot of scenes. And he's like, yeah, Jim Morrison wouldn't be wearing uh, leather pants in this scene. Uh, There's no way. So it's things like that. But he does break down the big things. I just want to talk about a few of the big things and then open up to you guys. Main, the first one kind of in semi chronological order, the desert scene where toward the first little, you know, I don't know what, 25 minutes of the movie, the, the desert scene never happened. Okay. Found this interesting too, that the band never in real life, the doors never took psychedelics together as a band. Wow. Can you believe that? It's kind of one of the best scenes. I but do think yeah. it's kind of one of the best scenes. <laughs> it's pretty fun. But but then again, um, I, I liked it when it was in Wayne's World 2. Yeah. yeah. By the way, that's another example. <laughs> that's another example of, no, it's really in Wayne's World 2, though. Like, it follow is. the naked Indian. You know, it's like, oh, that's right. another example of, like, get hard cringe. Mm-hmm. Like, right after it came out, you know. But no, no, no. That's a little surprising because I thought that that would happen. Eventually, they would all uh, dose up and in a circle. Okay. Never happened. Can I... Go, Go ahead. ahead. Uh, I, 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 have, I have another one, but I think it's going to be on your yeah. list. Can I do one more? Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. Go ahead. The Thanksgiving scene. Okay. Yeah. 
never happened. There was never <laughs> a duck. <laughs> yeah. There was never a duck that was stomped on. Jim never uh, told his wife to kill him in front of his friends. It's a total fabrication too, which is insane for the yeah. for the for for Meg Ryan's character. Yeah. That's you know, one about, of the worst about, scenes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's so but insulting. It's like, isn't that a like strange lawsuit, license? Lawsuit level. It is, but isn't that a strange? Well, they're both dead, but isn't it strange uh, to take that license? You know that creative license to okay, we got to write a crazy rock star scene. So okay, he's gonna stomp out a duck uh, and like yeah. uh, what? And like pout and yell. It's that yeah, screaming and knives and like people hold hold me back. Like you know, yeah. Jimmy said like, yes. It's just like drama. We need a, we need a drama scene. <laughs> yeah. What no, was weird it? Weird choice. It's, it's Oliver Stone. He's a moron. He's a moron. <laughs> that's our that's our our case we're pleading. I have a I have a relatively subtle one. Sure. Um, but it can be backed up by videotaped evidence. Okay. Now, this is this to me after Nico, the insult to the, the casting of the Nico character. This is number two. It's very simple. The first time in Ed Sullivan, mm. the <laughs> show doesn't say. want. Yeah, you know, it's like the show doesn't want like maybe don't say like like want to take you higher or whatever it is, and like it's like well, why don't you say like bite my wire. Yeah, <laughs> which is very stupid. Walk and, and very Wayne's World, actually. The yeah, way he yeah. says it, like, yeah. "I'll wipe my wire." Yeah, <laughs> backstage. No, but the thing, what I'm saying, the evidence is, you know, because it's on tape, like on YouTube, you can see them perform, and him saying, "Make me higher," whatever, and he just sings it. Higher is said like the word before it and after it. But of course, in this idiotic film where everything's like up to eleven, man, yeah, he's yeah. like, like, kick you, ha! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and he's going into the camera, kick you, ha! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like it didn't. I'm watching it here. That didn't happen, and it's just, it's just more stupidity. It's just yeah. dumb. It's like, how about this? Someone, maybe a coked-up film director, boom, baby boomer. <laughs> might have had that thought might have had that thought but then they go like maybe the next morning like that's bad i'm not gonna do that. you know like it's like like we See, all have bad thought creative thoughts but he just he goes with it he's like oh hell yeah he's gonna like and, jump right into the camera yeah and real quick in your face and, and 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 real quick just to what marcus was saying at the top of the show it speaks to like the fucking Mandela effect with this movie because for years I probably yes. you know I thought that that's right. what happened Terrible. on the Ed Sullivan show you know which oh. is- <laughs> 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 All right I got another Not one Not even close yeah. I mean his head is- doesn't move and he doesn't inflect on higher more than any other word yeah, Actually he kind of goes be- down a little you're going to be disappointed when you watch the Sullivan version now. Right, exactly. It's, like, it's so subtle. What, what is that? Like, <laughs> Yeah. All I, right. mean, th- I think this, as a period piece, I think this movie is really one of the worst. Like, it, this, the mm. 90s, the late Takes 80s over. is just poking through. Like, everywhere oh. you turn, Stained the hairdos, like, perms. <laughs> like, all the no. hairs, like, you know, like 50% of the hair is just wrong. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the clothes. Especially the nightclub like, scenes. The, the, the nightclub scenes, yeah, um, wherever they yeah, play Sunset the, Strip and the, yeah. the the women in the front of Sunset Strip and right. stuff, and like just take it does that classic wrong like thing where like a, a, a hairband that sort of pre Mad Men move where like the '60s was just like every year of the '60s was 1968 or '69, yeah. you know, so. Like there, it's like '66. Everyone's dressed like it's 1992. Yeah, you know, and like they're they're yeah. like it's and and '68 at the same time. It's like it's like 
it makes it feel like all that stuff is already happening instead yeah. of them being sort of like yeah. Yeah. helping it, it, usher it, it, in that culture. So it's like women should have like, like, you know, I don't know. It should be a girl with a beehive or something. There should be squares in the yeah. audience. Oh, no, absolutely. Should, like, uh, it looks like absolutely. a, it looks like a, it's so wrong. It looks like a temple, of the dog show or something <laughs> that they're all at. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> all right. I, we're, the clock is, dying here well, so let- i know like this is well this is just such a fun subject oh, man um i don't can know what's I, on your agenda but i was but, gonna def- i was gonna defend him okay I can, we get, fun. Can, can i get but, two please. more quick ones in oh, just real yeah, quick yeah, cool. oh, sorry i just gotta say this one too. it's like it's oliver stone though it's Oliver. he made him he fucked up because like this movie it's a bad period piece but like tom you've mentioned this before other people were nailing the 60s and good fellas same year same felt, yeah i've always said well, it's the good felt. so indulge me yeah or we've used this confused term. is a few years later and it's yeah, like you know but goodfellas really nails it insanely like yeah. and we've talked about this where it's about the same year i remember we talked about this after we watched the doors and i was like <laughs> look at like sh- like get your fucking shine box they dialed in the yeah. way a mafioso guy would look in 1969 mm-hmm. which is like kind of mod and they'd have mm-hmm. some sideburns they studied like crazy on yeah. the wardrobe and everything and on the set design and they didn't miss a beat in fact the tv commercial for morty's wigs is like accurate in the way the um the uh the, the lettering goes yeah yeah incredible that's why i think oliver stone he's like kind of like just like that's good enough you know he's got bigger right, he's he's got other things on his mind or something it's like it's the 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 wardrobe is a huge problem in this movie and he's just like it's good enough i guess yeah so, and it does and what that does <laughs> is not allow you to get lost in the time you're completely distracted by, like you were all saying, 1989, like Larsenio, you know, yeah. kind of time. <laughs> okay, anyway. hang on. Let me rapid go, fire go, just go. three more of these, and then we'll get off into another subject. Just a couple things that stood out to me, also of things Love that it. never happened, just for the record, so we have it. A couple other things that never happened that were included by uh, Oliver as dramatic effect, uh, which is just crazy. It's just like. Um, he never, uh, uh, only according to one rumor and innuendo, he never act. There's no uh, confirmation that he ever set his wife's closet on fire. Okay, I was going to bring that. Up, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, I was going to guess that. That which is very litigious kind of thing. I mean, like his family suing. No, I know it is. So, it is. It's. It should be uh, I mean, unbelievable. It's, it's crazy. It's like, oh yeah, that scene where he attempts murder. Like, yeah. Okay, exactly. Another big thing is that although Jim did do psychedelics, okay, he never really took that many other drugs. No pills. He actually quit smoking pot after a while because he started to get too paranoid from it. Uh, he he never did cocaine. He, he And it was only a rumor towards the end in Paris that he ever tried heroin, but it was never actually right. been confirmed. No one's he sure was a boozer. how he died. Yeah, he right, no exactly. Autopsy. Right, exactly. But he was a boozer. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, so, so he, he was a major boozer, and, and that was the, the extent of it. Um, the other thing I'll just say real quick to have it on the record, because we've all said he's a complete unlikable douchebag in this movie. Actually, most people in this movie are unlikable douchebags. But um, all yeah. of his friends, all of his friends, not, not just his bandmates, people who aren't famous, all the people that were close to him said that he did have a great sense of humor. He was a really funny guy. He laughed all I've the time. He was he was generous. He was kind. He was warm. He was intelligent. He had a gentle side. And n- obviously, you know, it's just none of that is there in this performance. Uh, to, the, humor. the humorlessness yeah. thing. Yeah, that's huge in like making a likable character that is well-rounded, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think... Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, he's funny a lot because his lines are so ridiculous, but he's like not not trying to be. Yeah. Now that uh, on top of that, my my last two quick things I have here on this list is Jim never randomly spouted poetry or song lyrics out loud <laughs> casually to friends or to anybody. Oh, that's <clears> all he does so in this fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> so like, because. Uh, yeah, you know, why don't you just go to the other side with me? And yeah, 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 yeah. Break on yeah. through. Break on through. Come on, how many of you are really alive? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. No one gets out of here alive. Yeah, yeah. More on alert. Yeah. So because of this movie, Jim will be he will be remembered as a guy who spouted things that don't make any sense oh, because it's an Stone, Because what Stone did is he actually this is why it's this way. He took various poems. That he wrote, that, that that Jim Morrison wrote, and things he said in interviews out of context to create the dialogue that this guy is actually saying out loud. So that is <laughs> and ins- you do that fucking because, Yeah, why, and why do we do that? You know, yeah, why are we doing that? So um, anyway, looking for some sort of poetry in someone's life, but like getting just lost up your, the pretension of your own ass. That, you know, just he's that, totally well, lost in like, the pretension. Well, it's like everything else. It's like there's a huge on the nose problem this film you know that we've been describing this whole time you know what i mean um nothing feels natural at all it's an incredibly artificial thing like it's not really a, a docudrama it's not really a film it's, it's fan like fiction. a long form yeah yes good call and it's kind of just like a long music video made by a baby boomer yeah mm-hmm. i feel like yeah it, it should have been i don't think it shouldn't have been it should have been a great movie like you know like like on paper, yeah. there's a lot of things that are lined up. It's a great story. The music's yeah. insane. It sounds. We watched this in the theater, Tom, and it sounds so good. Like yeah, you know, yeah. the music sounds great. There's you know, cast of thousands, like rock and roll the, movie. The you know? Big budget rock. It's like a huge because you know, just to contextualize it for a second for everybody, he could do anything he wanted, and and that's really the only reason that they the studio threw like you know, millions and millions for this film. Thirty two million dollars. Oh, well, there you go. He came off of um, uh, uh, Born on the Fourth of July and like two films in a row that were like monster hits and Oscar winners and stuff. So this was he had one shot and he didn't. So like no one was there was nobody saying no. I think it's another problem, by the way. Yeah, because he was very much the man. Excess. And it was absolutely. Yeah, there was no it's um, it's uh, it's one of those. It's a magnolia. It is. It's a magnolia. It's a magnolia. Quick, quick definition <laughs> coming up on your screen <laughs> is um you make boogie nights you're the man or the woman you know director and then um you can do whatever you want blank check blank creative check and so he did that and then um but actually to speak to what marcus was just saying was it is pretty fun on the big screen and i recommend it to people because it does have a power to it and all i'm going to do is maybe i'm going to defend the film the two key moments. Well, I have a I have a defense with a premise. Okay. It's the scene. Nobody talks about this, but it's like um, I think it maybe was not to touch the earth. It's mutating, and it's this outdoor concert at like Golden Gate Park. That and it's scene, being, yeah. It's, yeah, That's it's being led scene. by the naked Indian, you know. And um, it's actually pretty cool. And the thing is, this is my defense of him. Is it's so unreal. It's like it, it's not. It's like Fellini. It's like, of course, mm. this is not realism. Of course, we're not doing a gritty depiction of like a night in 1969 or whatever. It's like it's totally fantastical. It's satiricon, yeah. and, and and I guess that uh, that can ju- that can um, explain 
his attitude better to me or to someone because it is so fantastical it's like and it's very subjective maybe you were there because oliver stone was a vietnam veteran Mm -hmm. who did a lot of lsd and rock music really deeply affected him and he was very angry his government in the world he was very nihilistic he was also really into like psychedelics so maybe he did go to a doors concert or some kind of rock concert at like you know the the film or something and he had this transcendent moment where it's like we're all undulating and suddenly me and her and him and we're all one and we're just breathing together and we're breathing and that scene has that feeling it's a great song it's not a band it's not a rock concert it's not a pop song and i've actually been there i saw a bottle surfers concert once saw it many times but like you know in the 80s it's like you really do even you don't have to be on acid but you're just like you're undulating and you're like i'm in this tribal ritualistic thing and the lights and the music and the sounds yes i love doing stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> that, that like, scene uh, does that scene does really bring you into that yeah yeah so well do you see done. my and, defense and the, it's like the the crowd is deep it does look like a huge cast like you know all these extras and i think stuff. it starts getting so slow-mo and- it doesn't get any kind of it gets kind of that slow-mo thing where it starts the abstraction yeah. kind of it starts melting a little bit so i like i mean that. I, and, I, and again I, that's- and I, I don't think they make movies like like there are the rock bio you know whatever biopics now but like i don't think they go that big anymore do they or like they're gonna they do populate with like digital people not real they people do. or something yeah digital it, people you know but, but i mean i saw like context. this feels like big you know i mean i mean when real. i saw so just i mean I mean, when I saw Jamiroquai like that, we were all just fucking, you know, gone. Okay. Too. I think he's uh, kidding, guys. Jamiroquai's. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think the uh, uh, there's lots of good things about the movie. I think the photography is pretty good, you know, for like 91. Like the way it's shot looks pretty good. There's like all that stuff, you know, smoke in the air. There's lots of interesting visual things happen. Like in the desert, there's a scene with the camera spinning around and it's like got a really wide lens against the mountains and they're kind of bending with the lens mm-hmm. and, i like that you know, there's scene, there's um, good like blocking light there's a lot of good things about it you know about the way it's done but then there's all these be bad very, it things can be, it can be very <laughs> handsomely shot like a lot of times yeah but yeah. evan you had a, a case four i well here? i i just like that little moment before the uh the scene in miami the infamous miami concert you know where he showed his wang oh, to the crowd with the she- with the with the goat or whatever with the goat guy but i i actually don't hurt the- my goat man yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I, actually, <laughs> I actually like at, at the top of that scene when when he's walking out to the stage there's all that you know trippy cool you know petri dish shit playing you know in the in the yeah. In right. the backdrop and he's kind of silhouetted by that that's kind of fun and then he comes on stage obviously he has the longest mic cord in existence you know as he goes into the crowd <laughs> to circle sure. in the circle pit Dead rats yeah um but uh that 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 scene's kind of fun um another amalgamation i think of a lot of different you know historic oh, moments I'm in the, sure. in the sure. doors various concerts and things like that i but, have uh i have one more defense i'm okay. kind of enjoying this actually uh because i am conflicted with this film now, I, again, I saw this like the week it came out. I just moved to California. The beach air was in this, you know, it was in the air, beach scent. And when the film starts, like uh, he's on, the, they're playing, a, oh God, is it Love Street? It's one of those songs. It's, I think it's mm-hmm. Love Street. And he's yeah. living on the, um, the roof. The canals. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, the canals and the dogs go by and um, in the canals. And it's like nighttime Venice. You're at the beach. Uh, it's when he like um, ignores that uh, Pam has a girlfriend and is just like, hey, let's hang out. Mm-hmm. And like, and like he reads the poems. It's a little cringe, 
But yeah. what it is is the non-famous Jim Morrison being depicted. So he's it's like way smaller and he's much quieter. And it's a little cringy in a subtler way, but I just like the feeling of it. And I fell in love with the film for yeah. like 35 seconds. This is when I saw it in the theater. Hmm. And I thought it was going to be a good film. And it's just like it had a very nice, quiet kind of Laurel yeah. Canyon, sweet kind of beautiful thing, like two people who just met and they're falling in love uh, over things that aren't about yeah. like competitive one-upmanship about like their egos and stuff and he's and, and his poetry sharing kind of made sense and it's a good mix she, of like the song nice. and that and the way it's shot yeah. at that moment did you yeah, catch i nice. caught this time i caught this time walking through which she the first thing she says to him is got a problem with doors yeah. i know and, and he says a oh, waste of time yeah. way to ruin it oliver way to ruin it <laughs> he, he never he never misses a chance to ruin it but so that's i'm done but uh, well, I do always sort of fall in love with the film with that quietness. And it hints often as a disappointment with the film that we're trashing is it hints at a better film, you know? So. As long as Don't, we're myth busting, not. is it true that his uh, soul was inhabited by a bunch of <laughs> murdered, like uh, dead Native Americans who run over no. by yeah. a car? Well, <laughs> he, the car at the beginning. He, that's he, not true. <laughs> no, he... Uh, <laughs> Obviously, that that's a very formative. You know, it's in Peace Frog. He talks about it in the song Peace Frog. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ghosts but he, he, he the young child's fragile eggshell eggshell mind. Yeah. I think it's another song. But yeah, but he, he does uh, it a few times. Yeah, but that, that's a very. He always went on rec the record as that was a, a very formative thing for him. But I think I for Oliver Stone, it's not that fantastical. All, yeah, but 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 I just mean, the, the shaman aspect. No, of I'm sorry, I meant the shamanistic. The yeah, James the James Morrison. But I, it, it's, it's, it's confusing to me that the two, there's like two spiritual gurus. There's the one Native there American is. dude, and then there's a I, second well, no, one. No, one is two. Death. No, 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 one no. One is death. I one know, but that's what's death. so confusing. One's the shaman, I know. one's death. And I know. It's very badly it's, handled. Very clumsy. No movie can handle Surprise. two spiritual gurus. You follow. You know. No, it's like, <laughs> guess what? It's clumsy. Like, yeah. shocker. Yeah. It's poorly um, handled. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy. Like, But seriously, the... The list of the creative liberties that this man took for this movie—it's so weird. Like, why even do it? Why even make this movie? Is, yeah, is it's it, not it, about it, condensing it. it right. It's like no, needless. It's totally new. And 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 for my money, I think the secret to any biopic—and and this is not like a, a you know, this is not like a new concept—but I think the secret to any biopic is to not do the expansive full story. You know, birth. You know, to I death. Know. It's amen. always amen. Pick, Pick a week of someone's life and go to town on it. I agree with you 100%. You know, and, and just, don't do you know, last days. Don't do last story days. The end yes. of uh, right. Kurt Cobain. But, uh, but, <laughs> do that, but not that. Imagine Oliver Stone's Kurt Cobain for a minute. And just imagine all the liberties that would be taken oh, for I that. I want to see it. But I know. Cringe. <laughs> yeah, I like, really want to see that. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Can we call him? Oh snap! I want to see that so bad. No, no, no. But let's let's play that out for a second because you know you asked a question before. Um, do you like the Doors? And it sounds like we all kind of do in our own way and on levels. But like, I really love. What I'm saying is I, my pitch for a film, mm -hmm. uh, a a film about the Doors. Maybe not yeah. you know the one, but like this would be a cool film. I think is them at Venice Beach and being poor. It's the time I'll, I'll describe it this way. Mm. Uh, the song Soul Kitchen, which mm -hmm. I think is awesome. It's yeah. like funky. People have sampled it. But Soul Kitchen was about a specific late night greasy spoon right at the beach on the boardwalk in Venice Beach. And he used to just literally do that. He's like, guys, I'm broke. 
and like, can I just can you give me a chili dog and can I just lie down and sleep it off for like four hours, you know, and they would, you know, and um, it's all that not quite famous stuff can be, I think, so evocative of the band, the person. Who they really are. But, who they yeah, really right. are. Right. But, the, but then when every, everything gets stupid, everything in defense of Oliver Stone, again, everything does get stupider when fame and fortune yeah. and just like magazine covers happen. Right. Just, it, just yeah. yeah. But so like the got, early period well, could be really fun. And he was he really was on, the band was on fire. Tom, 30 and he seconds. Had, Poetry. I'm done. We, we can't we uh, this, we have, we can't leave without addressing the stupidest moment and the best line of the whole movie. Oh, which Tom, uh, you know what it is. Oh, okay. we all know what it is. <laughs> Say it. Do it. Do it. It's, he's got. It, he's got. Let's get some come tacos. On, let's, <laughs> come on. Let's get some tacos. Let's get some tacos. Yeah. Let's and then like, you gotta be wearing get, a fake no. Will Ferrell beard. <laughs> I know. And then um. And then have a jingle sound when someone's waving a feather, you know? <laughs> Actually, Fatcha Morrison. That, that beard, though. <laughs> Fatcha Morrison is my favorite period of Jim Morrison. All right, bing, that was it. Oh, <clears throat> wow. An hour was not, not enough. Someone was worried we wouldn't have enough to talk about. I, know. I, I, I didn't. I never said that. One fucking Oliver, man. <laughs> God, there's so much. It's so dense. Like, we really missed a lot. So anyway, it's over. So yeah, but that was fun. Yeah, happy summer, guys! It's our first summer. That's a good uh, summer film. You know, it's our first summer. The summer of one fucking year. It is. We started in the fall. Oliver yeah. Stone, yeah, he's he's a definitely contender for some more one fucking hours. Uh, I think I know he's rich for it more because bad. <clears throat> more bad. I mean, I I would definitely. I mean, you turn. I mean, oof, okay, hang on. One, Dude. <laughs> one fucking hour of Natural Born Killers would be insane cringe. I can't uh, watch it. I can't do it. I can't uh, literally can't watch it to talk. I, I could talk about it for memory, it's, but fuck. That's brutal. It's a brutal watch. It I'll go ahead. No, no you go ahead. No, no, but it's, a great, ahead. it's a, it'd be a great hour. <laughs> but one fucking hour on talk radio, I think I, there's so much to talk well, about in there. That's in defense of OS, yeah. In defense, the real do, story we, is we, amazing. The, the we've story had, behind uh, that. Yeah, right. we've, yeah, we've had... Um, talk radio has been uh, shortlisted for a while. I would do that in a heartbeat. I love talk radio. Marcus, have you seen talk radio? Very cool. No, I haven't. I haven't it's good. It. But I think that... I think that um, let's not start another hour on another film, but just the, what I'll say for finality is sure. talk radio is a good example of someone who's not bloated and coked out yeah. like Stone was when he made uh, the film, uh, The Doors. And also, he, there's another creative uh, um, person, Eric, uh, Eric Bogosian. Bogosian. Yeah. And I think that the counterbalance is it. And what we're responding to is, I think, like as much Eric Bogosian. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, you like, know what's interesting like, about that? The Doors is 100% Oliver, and that's a problem. And you know what's interesting <laughs> about that? And then I'll shut up because we're, we're, we're not talking about this movie. I know. But is, is is the idea that it's based on a true story, right? The murder of a you yeah. know a disc jockey uh, who was murdered by white supremacist groups. Incredible but story, insane story. It's a great book too. If, uh, so talk talk to yeah. death is the name of the book. But anyway, it's I, a true story, and he took all these liberties with it, but it worked, man. You know, and so um, no. you know, cool because hey. it's not quite him. It's, right, wasn't it David Berg or whatever? No, but it's not it's, him. It's, which it's maybe is the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Anyway, that was one fucking hour in The Doors, the movie, uh, and a little bit of the band. And if you uh, haven't watched it in a while, folks, um, have fun. And oh, uh, I forgot to mention the last, time we, the last time we watched it together, but oh, well, that's a story so for another fun. time, I guess. Yeah, we watched it in a, in a theater setting, and it's just nonstop fun. We were so loud in our uh, disgust and, and hilarity. We watched uh, it minutes after Oliver Stone left the building, actually. <laughs> there was an Oliver Stone appearance. Uh, you know, let's condense it. Oliver Stone came to a theater we were at, working at. And uh, he had an appearance. An hour later, the police came, busted us for serving beer for, without having a license. So it's Oliver Stone and LAPD, and it was fucking giddy fun. And he was, of course, like rolling his eyes like, fucking pigs, man. You know, <laughs> like a classic boomer thing. And then, yeah, we just, uh, I remember Marcus, we, we were like, dude, we're watching the doors right now. And, and Marcus just went, boop, and like hit up uh, like Pirate Bay or something. And we were just like watching within minutes, and I was like, baller status like and then we threw it on the big screen at the theater after hours that's amazing. that that sounds like a lot of fun much more fun Especially. than i had watching it uh, over the last <laughs> i actually had to watch the doors over the last three days because i i couldn't do a one and done Oof. sitting with it so Oof. anyway oh, but man. let's um my apologies <laughs> yeah it's okay but uh glad you're back marcus um let's talk yeah, about man. next let's, week let's, we go yeah ooh, 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 ooh. Let's um. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> talked about our talked about Arsenio way too much. Yeah, I know, I know, we did. <laughs> I, I was doing it as a tag myself. You're gonna cut to him that's in the, new in thing, the post production. Can you cut that's to what I'm doing now in yeah. post production? Fucking hour. What's up? Put my dog pound. Finger. Okay, let's talk about next week for Christ's sake and get out of here. Um, yeah, sorry. Okay. Next week, uh, this has been a long time in the in the making, actually, to have uh, this this very special guest on the show. He's a good friend of ours, a former colleague of mine. Um, man knows his man knows his movies. Let me tell you that. Um, and a friend of all of ours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Like From through individual. Points. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like oh, yeah. uh, we've stumbled on this maniac uh, three different ways. Oh, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> We're all yeah. friends with them from completely different parts. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. True. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so joining us next week is our good friend Lars Nilsson, um, of uh, formerly of the Alamo Draft House, uh, but now he's at the Austin Film Society. He's been doing that for a lot, almost probably a decade now at this point. But he's working wow. at the Austin Film yeah. Society. Um, he's a brilliant mind in, in the world of film. He's a great, great curator, great programmer. I'm a great and uh, yeah, he is one of the good guys, and um, he basically is a listener to he the show. To which... do, he wants to do Oliver Stone's U-turn for some reason, <laughs> right? Oh, I don't know. We had to say yes. JFK. Oh, sorry, oh. Oh, Nixon. Oh, God. no W W. Um, okay, no. Lars Nielsen. Sorry. Uh, Lars uh, handpicked a film uh, to do for the next one fucking hour. I'm very excited about it. Uh, you guys ha have not seen it, so this will be interesting. I be this is the first time I haven't seen the film. I'm not planning on it, so it should be interesting. <laughs> well, that was my thing. <laughs> I was uh, going to not yeah. watch it and just laugh maniacally the whole sure, time. Like, totally. It is a Lars favorite. I was just going to say that. <laughs> It is Lars a Lars. It's the, the, this is a Lars favorite that I also love too, and uh, I actually caught it last year for the first time. I thought it was great. I think it's a total gem. I'll be interested to see what you guys think about it. Cool. But I actually yeah. own the movie on video disc. Um, Dude, so bust I have that the, shit out. It's gonna be one fucking hour on all the Ooh. Marvel. 
those. I love those. Nice. All the marbles. All of them. Yeah. So that's awesome. I I have no idea. It only costs five hundred dollars. <laughs> Fucking two ninety nine. I'm sure. It's all the marbles. So, uh, so all the marbles. I know nothing 19- about it. Well, I'll tell you nothing um, about it. It is the 1981 Robert Aldrich directed movie starring Peter Falk, where he is a wrestling uh, manager for a female tag team, wrestling tag team. So it's right up my alley. But the whole movie is basically them on the road, making it from town to town, trying to chase the tag team championship belts. But shit gets heavy with them um, on the road as, you know, they're kind of a father. He's a father figure to the girls. And it's actually really fun and actually has some good grit to it. I think it looks amazing. I don't know. We'll talk about it. We'll see what you guys think. Yeah, I don't know. What- that's the whole idea. Let's get yeah. into it. Let's get into it. See with what our Lars special has to guest, say. Uh, Lars Nilsson, man. Lars Nilsson, uh, man. One fucking hour. And uh, yeah, and obviously he's going to have some thoughts because it's his pick. I loved hearing that, by the way, instead of him picking like, you know, casino, <laughs> yeah. you know, like a uh, nice one. All yeah. the marbles. It's all not, the marbles. I'm stumped. I haven't seen he knows it, how to pick know? them. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So I trust we'll his see. taste. You could yeah, have just so- the, done something dumb and pick the doors. <laughs> I know, like like an asshole. <laughs> Star oh Wars. <laughs> Star Wars and the doors. <laughs> or mask. <laughs> I didn't Gosh. pick that one. Okay. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about all of us collectively. Or a bunch of asshats. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, I think it's time to wrap it up, uh, of course, yeah. but we cannot leave you uh, without your moment of zen. And <laughs> so, uh, all right, everybody, we'll enjoy that and uh, have a great rest of your weekend. And we will catch you next week, of course. Happy 4th of July, I guess. I don't know. Maybe not. And uh, see you soon. All right, everybody. Take care. Bye bye. <laughs> what they want to see people you know lizard king whatever that means or some demonic cat in uh, black leathers Mm. really though i think of myself as a sensitive intelligent human being with a soul of a clown who always seems to blow it at the important moments Motherfucking goddamn orange peel beef.